an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the Visa Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings, Femi Abebefe, alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino, and Mike Pritchard, our Visa NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons, and a national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Gentlemen, we still have a week left to go until Super Bowl 58 between the Niners and the Kansas City Chiefs, but how are we doing here? I mean, it feels like a lot of the props are starting to be out there in the market now. We can kind of shop around and dive into this stuff. Sides and tools, of course, have been out since last Sunday after the conference title games, but uh, how are we doing here during this week here where we got uh, about eight days to go until Super Bowl Sunday? Doing fantastic. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm at, I mean, I'm, I'm about to tilt and I still got a week to go. <laughs> you ready I'm for the game? I pace myself. I got to pace myself. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, growing up here in Vegas and, you know, just idolizing uh, a lot of people from the National Football League, they're, they're going to be here, right? Um, all your heroes, everybody you cheered for, you know, people you played against, you know, reunion time for me, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, cases. But no, this is... Uh, to sum it up, it's a convention for the National Football League, and they celebrate the whole season, everything with the Super Bowl. That's that's the celebration with the partners and everything. So it's one big, massive party that I cannot wait for it to get here. I'm happy for Mike Pritchard <laughs> that he lived long enough to see this day in his hometown. First of all, <laughs> that it happened, and then also enough. he's still with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so helps. I hope I hope he really cherishes. This, oh, I will. This this next 10 days and I hope uh, you're all right on the other side of it when you come out. I hope I make it. Yeah. You're right, right, yes. right. I Hydrate is, is, is sure. the, uh, the pro tip sure. of the day. Because uh, it does, it sort of feels like kind of the calm before the storm just a little bit. Like I know driving around, I was driving through the strip uh, a couple days ago and like you start to see the Super Bowl decorations and all of that stuff and it's 
it sort of is the calm before the storm of next week to where I've never been in a city that's hosted a Super Bowl. So I'm excited to see what this upcoming week is going to be like here just from the betting standpoint and also just the... The, you know, the, the extracurriculars that come with the Super Bowl week, though, that's something that I've never experienced. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to it's going to blow you away, really. I mean, it's it's something that, like you said, you haven't experienced it. And, and once it's here, you're going to ex- if you can experience a lot of it, which a lot of people will be able to. Uh, it, it's unlike anything you've seen before, like from a city standpoint, from a city uh, planning, from a city um uh, uh, you know, when you have all the volunteers involved uh, in city involvement and everything mm-hmm. like that, all the activities, all the events. I mean, it's one big, massive event for an entire week. Uh, and it's something that we've never seen before, obviously. I mean, we we celebrate New Year's Eve like and it's, it's spectacular here. But for a whole week uh, of this NFL convention and these 32 billionaires uh, <laughs> wanting to be first class with everything, mm-hmm. it's going to be unprecedented, really. You've been dealing with those billionaires. <laughs> uh, I deal with one uh, pretty pretty yeah. regularly, and, and he's awfully disappointed yeah. uh, in what happened on Sunday. Mm. Uh, I yeah. thought that I thought for me it would really start on Monday next week, Pritch, with the with the interviews and all this. It started Tuesday morning at four a.m. from Stadium Swim. Wow, hits on on local morning news stations and. You know, I don't know if I recovered from being in the cold, cold that morning and being in the pool, actually, when we did a couple of the hits. Um, but thanks for the last few days off for John Goulet. But yeah, now, you know, and we and let alone we're still running a business here right. on top of it. But Legacy Club's going to be fantastic almost every night next week with parties, parties at Stadium Swim. And then we throw six parties simultaneously on Sunday as well. So I know we haven't had the event here before, but every year Vegas comes together for the Super Bowl, right? We just haven't had it be the headquarters so that Monday through Thursday is as busy as it's going to be this year. Yeah, and then we've already started to see the props start to roll out mm-hmm. in full. I know you got a, the sheets ready to go right. here. Mike, are, are, we, are we pretty much all the way out with all the props here at Circa, or we still got no, some t- more today? We released the, the the rest of them. And then we might go here and there, because I know Jeff Benson's on Twitter. He's taking suggestions I from know. people, and mm-hmm. the ones he likes we're going to try to put up. So, But in mass, I think by noon today, we'll have them, probably 98% of them out. How many props are we talking about here? <laughs> well... If you take the squares as just one, then you're probably looking around yeah. four to five hundred, right? Because um, all the indices, obviously, right? You get all the variations of things that you could bet on one number. You got now you got them in every different number you can bet them in. I mean, yeah. when you say every which way, there was like five numbers you bet San Francisco at. Like you can bet like tw- twenty numbers. 20 I mean, you can get every single number. There's right. a different different price at if you want to bet this game in terms of total and spread. And then all the props all have these indices as well for yards. Nine or 17 and a half. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave the alt lines for next year. <laughs> After what happened on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you stay in the futures market. <laughs> That's what we're going to collect our NFL honors on Thursday. Which I was going to ask you about that. Still I mean, waiting. Are you, boy, it's still waiting. It ties your money up. I tell yeah. you. Are you more looking forward to NFL honors than the Super Bowl? Yes. Right? I I'll be honest. I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. NFL honors is like, it's a fun night. That's, that's a ridiculous question. Let's get a no, real question. Not. No, it's not. Are the you more looking forward to are you more looking forward to NFL honors or your wedding? Oh, oh my that's God. That's a hard oh, question. That's, that's a, that's a hard yeah, question. I don't want to get personal, though. I don't want to get personal. Okay. I'm looking for the business of my wedding so I don't get, so I quit getting bombarded with all the questions that come with my wedding. So I just, I'm looking forward to the day. It's going to be a hell of a celebration. It's going to be a lot of fun. He's uh, looking forward to match March Madness and more, more so than the wedding. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't worry, no. If, if you knew how much college basketball I've watched this year, uh, March Madness, the fact that you even brought that up. Oh, yeah, I remember it's happening. Uh, it 
hasn't been that big for me on the college slate, but NFL honors next Thursday, you'll be here in Las Vegas. I'm not going because, you know, hey, uh, I don't think we're going to get the right result in coach of the year, but uh, I'll be watching at home or somewhere along the strip. And then uh, we'll go ahead and cash those tickets. But let's get into before we dive into kind of our Super Bowl 10,000 foot view, want to set the table for what we got going on on the show over these next couple of hours. Joining us in less than 30 minutes, Solomon Wilcott, NFL analyst, host of the opening drive on Sirius XM and a former Colorado Buffalo, just like our buddy Pritchard. It's a, it's a Buffs theme on really the Lombardi is. line. Here. We're yeah. parading them out. It was while well, they were 3-0 or whatever, too. It was a Buffs theme. And then we went away from it. And now no. we can get back to it now that the season's... I'm just trying to find some current Notre Dame NFL analysts out there. <laughs> you know? Or Western we have, there, there's three of them every day on primetime. There's three. There's <laughs> you think they were playing USC every week. We, we, got, a couple of, we, got, we, we got a couple of the DK network. No, okay. uh, yeah, Golik and Gojo. Yeah, they, they'll they, be they here. Yeah. Yeah. Golik and his dad are going to be here. That's right. yeah. Super Bowl yeah. ring. Yeah. We'll get to meet all those guys. Which I'm excited yeah. for that. Like they all have our championship ring. Yeah. Okay. Just check it. Just want to know. You can ask them next week. We came within 50 of Alabama. Another Eddie Lacy touchdown. <laughs> I remember sitting at Long Bar at the D watching that game. Okay. Oof, that was painful. That was one within two drives. It's like, all right, I guess yeah. this is over. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's an hour number two, another Colorado Buffalo, Chad Brown, former NFL All-Pro, now NFL analyst, will join us at 2.15 Eastern, 11.15 Pacific. So we'll complete our Buffs uh, trio here on the Lombardi line. But it'll be a whole lot of fun talking with those guys. But let's talk about some of the coaching hires. And we can carry this conversation on the next the, segment Stay with the Buffs well. team and go to Washington. <laughs> and, and your buddy Eric, and yeah, what's going to happen there? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. The, the Commanders <laughs> hired Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn yeah, to be right. their new head coach, and yeah, it's like. All eight vacancies have been filled. No enemy. Obviously, no Belichick, no Vrabel. Pete Carroll goes upstairs in an advisory role in Seattle as they hire Mike McDonald, the Ravens, D.C. What stood out to you guys over these last couple of weeks, and particularly the last couple of days, with the McDonald hiring and then yesterday's hiring of Dan Quinn to Washington? I wasn't surprised about McDonald. I was surprised with Quinn. I thought if Quinn was going to get a job, it was going to be in Washington. I thought he coached himself out of a of a head gig in that Packers game. I, re- I really did. Uh, overall, my biggest surprise is that Vrabel will be on the sidelines mm-hmm. next year. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way it appears to be with no other uh, openings at the moment. So not just a tough offseason for Belichick, but for his tree as well. Sure. Yeah, sure. The tree's not, <laughs> the tree's not alive right no. now. Um, no, you know, it, it's, it's the trend of the league right now. Um, Youth movement, you can say that about head coaches and today's athlete. Can you communicate with today's NFL player? I mean, I think that's the bottom line uh, of, of the, some of these hires. Uh, but then also from a betting perspective, you wonder why some teams are, are dysfunctional uh, and why that continues. Can they ever get it right? Um, and, and I think, you know, teams, they think outside the box way too far uh, and, and they can never get it right. And, you know, if you're Morgan, you don't really know a lot of coaches. And so who are you most comfortable with? Canales. Yeah. I mean, really, is that guy really a head coach right now? Is he ready for that? Um, in conjunction with the quarterback that you just drafted, is he really ready for that? Right. And so Carolina, how good are they going to be next year? I mean, what are the expectations down there? Um, so, I mean, it's just stuff like that. Uh, Raheem Morris, you know, he, he went through the tree and, and certainly they got the West Coast offense going to Im- implement that a little bit. And I think uh, that's part of the hiring process this this cycle, too. Um, 
Uh, McDonald's a great hire, I believe, up in Seattle. It's not his fault they lost on Sunday. No, <laughs> no, it's no. not. In, in no way, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he won me my under right. on that game. <laughs> and if much. you look at that defense, the personnel that they have up there, he's going to do wonders, I, I think, with, with that squad. So um, that, uh, there's some good hires out there. Obviously, people were waiting for certain uh, coaches to be available, uh, and that happened. But big surprise that Vrabel didn't get a, a, get a shot this year. What did you think of the Morris hire, your former team? Um... Well, he was interim there before, so Arthur Blank, uh, familiar, familiarity there. Um, he's, you know, I, I think Morris got upgraded when he coached Aaron Donald. I mean, I'll be real with you. When you're a head coach and you got players like that and you win a Super Bowl, uh, that can elevate you. Uh, well, he didn't elevate himself before, right? Uh, but I think the coordinator hire was probably more, more important than Raheem Morris, right? Um, I, I think they got to get that offense right. They drafted for offense, what, the last three years. And so yeah. they got to get that offense right down there in ATL. We've had the eight head coaches. So Harbaugh to the Chargers, Pierce to the Raiders, Gerard Mayo to the Patriots, Brian Callahan to the Tennessee Titans, Dave Canales to the Panthers, Raheem Morris to the Falcons, Mike McDonald to the Seahawks, and Quinn to the Commanders. Which one of those has you guys most excited as we're heading to break here? Well, I think Harbaugh is clearly to see what he can do with that team that's had talent and has, has been underachieving and what he brings. And I think it was great timing for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and that division too, AFC West. I mean, it just got tougher for a lot of people. The Chargers introduced Jim Harbaugh yesterday. We'll play you some sound from that press conference and what Harbaugh says he will bring to the Powder Blues. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't already, check out the new vcin.com and you go to the NFL tab and you can find the Super Bowl 58 betting guide, which compiles all of the links to all of our betting information that you'll need to know before betting the big game upcoming next Sunday. Check it all out at the new vcin.com today. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Femi Abebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard. We got Solomon Wilcox, host of the opening drive on Sirius XM, former NFL player and former Colorado Buffalo, joining us in the next segment. We'll ask Solomon his thoughts on Super Bowl 58. But before we get to the game, I did want to ask you guys about Jim Harbaugh because you said, said clearly, no hesitation, Harbaugh is the biggest hire of this coaching cycle. That's all eight new head coaches in the NFL, a quarter of the league getting turned over yearly, it feels like these days. And Harbaugh had his introductory press conference conference with the Chargers media yesterday and was asked about, hey, what do you bring to the team? What can we expect to see? Well, here's Jim, who's tough as a $2 steak. Here's what he had to say to the L.A. media. I mean, humble and hungry. I mean, right there. I mean, that's that's where we are right now. Humble and hungry. And we're going to we're going to respect all our opponents and we're going to we're going to strive that, uh, you know, we're going to earn their respect and uh, we're going to earn our winning. Um, you know, tough team, you know, the, the resilient team, a relentless team, uh, physical team uh, is what we're going to aspire to be. Don't let the powder blues fool you. <laughs> That's what we're going to aspire to do. I love he that. He's smiling. He's not smiling. He's smiling. People were laughing in the right. press. And I find it funny as well. But sure. he, he's not joking. He's about this life. They're bringing toughness to the Chargers. You talk about that all the time, Pritch. It's yeah. still about tough. It's still a physical football game. You know, as, as much as we try to factor in the NFL wants more scoring and mm-hmm. the passing, the finesse aspect of the game, you put on a helmet and shoulder pads for a reason. Um, you have to have an element of toughness. Um, you look at these two teams representing each, uh, each conference in a, in a yep. Super Bowl. They're tough. They're tough-minded. Um, you know, and, and you have to learn to play through pain. Um you have to learn to understand what it takes to be tough. Not everybody's tough, right? You put people in a situation and they might present themselves as being tough, but once they face a certain situation, you find out immediately if they're tough or not. Uh, and there's different levels of toughness, but I think what Harbaugh's talking about is we got to run the football uh, and we got to play physical defense. And that's, that's the trend in the National Football League. You got all this finesse stuff like the Buffalo Bills and this 425. And a lot of teams are running 425 stuff and nickels. And, but can you get after it in the trenches? Can you be tough? Can you uh, impose your will on somebody? Can you, can you push? A 300, male, a 300 pound man against his will. Can you push him off the line of scrimmage? And that's, that's what he's talking about right there. And that's what we saw from his Michigan teams. Right. Like when he was in the, his 49er teams, his Stanford teams, like, yeah. like he has shown that toughness is what he's going to bring every stop that he's come along in his coaching career. And it's kind of been his calling card. And for the Chargers, that's what they've so desperately been missing for going on about a decade plus now is like that physical toughness. They've always kind of had some skill guys mm-hmm. when Rivers was there and now with Herbert at quarterback, they've had those talented guys that have, I guess, kind of tantalized betters into thinking that they can be a high ceiling team, but they've always kind of lacked that toughness. I think, you know, the turn of this Michigan-Ohio State rivalry the last three years and the results was that Michigan started beating them on the line of scrimmage on both sides. Now, this year, I thought they played pretty evenly. I thought Ohio State improved over the last two efforts where they just got dominated. But that, you know, that's what he wants to do. And, I mean, you win a game at Penn State where you don't throw the ball in the second Mm -hmm. half, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can be tough enough just to run the ball with not a big lead either. And just run the ball and impose your will. They ran the ball. I mean, that's what opened the game up against Washington in the national title game. They had the big runs. Mm-hmm. Imposing your will. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you can throw the football in the National Football League. I mean, you can uh, you can find ways to be exotic and creative and all that. But will it work, you know? But uh, if you can run the football and get four or five yards uh, a carry, uh, then everything else will work. 
You know, that, that's, that's usually the mindset that wins you a championship. You know, but my mind always goes to awards. I love to bet the awards. We talked about NFL honors in the last segment. Is Jim Harbaugh the favorite twin coach of the year to start the 2024 season? Well, he sits there with the benefit of this 5-12 and 12 record to go off of, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big improvement. Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. The regular season, the betting market helped shape this award because what are they going to come out as? Are they going to come out 9.5 with the Chargers win total? Probably. And then if he wins 11 games, can he win it if he only goes a game and above? Even, I, I get it. It's six games better than, than last year. But what are your expectations? I always think it's about exceeding expectations. Mm-hmm. That's why I kept making the argument for Houston. Right, because their expectations were so much lower than than Cleveland's were um, uh, for the coach of the year with Mm -hmm. uh, um, D'Amico Ryans. So you got to start with him, though, right? I I mean, I mean, you're going to start with Canales because they only won (laughs) two games. games Nine wins. (laughs) Well, McDonald should be up there too, right? Um, I I think takes over a pretty good team. That's what I'm saying. But but they won eight games a year. They won eight games. You know, from a coach of the year standpoint, expectations, right? I mean, I don't know what they will be for these, you know, for a rookie head coach in that in that regard. But for Harbaugh, with the experience in the league before. You know, first, last of first is a big narrative. Outlier is a big narrative in terms of what you mentioned about D'Amico and and Houston. I I think outlier is probably the biggest thing I would focus on uh, in the offseason because every year you have two outliers. Like this year, the outliers was was, uh, Houston. Houston, yep. Uh, Who was the other outlier? Tampa was another one. Tampa. Four four teams made the playoffs this year that records, regular season win total records under 500. Mm -hmm. Now it's different than when obviously there were 16 games and eight wasn't under 500. Now eight is. Yeah. But um, uh, Houston, Green Bay. Green Bay probably an outlier, I think, right? Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Yeah. And uh, Tampa Bay was they, they the were, Rams. They, the Rams was the Rams only were six. Yeah, they were the Rams six. Were yeah. They were outlier. Yeah. See, the thing about Tampa is I thought they were like a favorite to win the division, though. Because the division was yeah, so weak. The, the Rams six. were thought to be the Rebuilding. Third, <laughs> the third team in that division right. when Arizona was fourth, right? Yeah. I thought the Rams were going to tank because yeah. yeah. they yeah. haven't drafted yeah. a quarterback yeah, since Jared Goff. Yeah, we were all discussing, like, hey, like, how long do they stick with Matthew Stafford? Yeah. Do they yeah. trade him? Do they shut him down? Right. Do they trade Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and all of a sudden Puka Nakua, Kobe Turner, <laughs> Byron, right. all these rookies start playing well for them, and then they end up finding themselves in the playoffs. So I do think it's, like, I'm fascinated to see how the improvement is kind of received next year with Harbaugh because, like you said, they're going to be a nine and a half win total, maybe even ten. Who knows how much love there might be out there for the Chargers? But the people who vote on this aren't really like as dialed into the win totals as we are, even though the expectations mm-hmm. from them will still be high. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be like, oh, well, your win total was nine and a half. You won 10, 11. We're not going to vote for you. They might think of, hey, this team won five games last year. Now they won 10 or 11. Maybe Harbaugh gets the, that credit, but. It depends on who else yeah. is a, a well, candidate as well. So, like, for instance, the local team. Could they be an outlier? Like, there's a lot of excitement about Antonio Pierce, right? Yeah. He's got Marvin Lewis on his staff. He's got so many heads or, or experience in terms of uh, advisors on, around him. Uh, and then he hired Cliff Kingsbury. Now, I don't know what the Rays are going to do in offseason. We can speculate. They didn't want to go after Caleb. Caleb Williams went out and said that he either wants to play for the Commanders or the Raiders. Um, mm. They hired Cliff. Cliff knows one scheme. That's it. Uh, and I don't know, rumors, not rumors, but speculation, I would say that, uh, in terms of what's going to happen in Arizona. Or is he going to try to go after Kyler? And then what would Kyler do with a Devontae Adams and a Josh Jacobs and all that? So, I mean, it's the whole offseason speculation part of it, but it's trying to get out in front of outliers that could surprise you from a betting standpoint uh, later on in the year. 
He had to give up two first rounders for Caleb or one first rounder for Kyler. What deal would you make? I would give up two first rounders for Caleb. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 you know where I stand on Kyler. I mean, I, I do, but, but, yeah. but Caleb, it, I don't know where you stand on Caleb. Isn't there a little bit of whiff of that with Caleb too? Yeah. Like, you know, like there's a little bit of, not to say they're the exact same, yeah. but like it's just some of the stuff that has come out yeah. this yeah. past season that. Hey, he wants to be an owner. He wants to, you know, like there could be a little bit of. Hey, you know what? I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt because here's why. When I was in college, there was no million dollar NILs, right? And now these kids are empowered, man. They, they feel like they have leverage. I mean, Peyton Manning uh, had leverage. Eli had leverage when they were the first yeah. picks of the draft. And uh, John Elway way back in the day. And, and they exercised that leverage in a different way. But now... I don't know how you quantify or how you rationalize the amount of leverage that somebody could have being the first pick of the draft this year. Those guys, it's interesting when you say those names of who had leverage. Their right. fathers were also very involved. Exactly. They had dads yeah. that right. were yeah. well-respected and yep. known. and <laughs> thousand percent. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's kind of it's interesting to, to navigate what the future is with the NFL draft because, uh, you know, you're coming into the draft rich now. You know, you're not trying to save mama. Mama's already saved uh, because of NIL. So do you think that makes the NFL game worse, better or no effect on it? I think it's going to be harder um, to evaluate um, some of these players. I think it will be. I mean, you you know, somebody that's hungry, you know, somebody's ready to get after it. You know, somebody's ready to prove something uh, or have something to prove. You, you, You can see that the entitlement part, though, you get fooled by it. And I think a lot of times in the National Football League, we see that uh, routinely where, you know, you draft these guys because, oh, my God, the arm talent and this and that. And then the entitlement, you just overlook that. But that's what sets you back, though. It's going to be a really fascinating draft discussion. Caleb Williams, Drake May. Maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe it should just be Jaden Daniels, the guy who won the Heisman Trophy. He should be the first overall pick. There's still a lot of time left to go here as you chuckle to me. The bitterness. Uh, it is, you know what? It's, we've moved on. Uh, and, and moving on, Solomon Wilcox joins us next here on the Lombardi Line. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up on a VEASAN Pro annual subscription and get your first year for only $199. Just use promo code Lombardi and you're going to get access to everything we do on our brand new VEASAN.com website. Remember, use promo code Lombardi. Get your first year of VEASAN Pro access for only $199. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings. Femi and Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard hanging out with you guys here on a football Friday. And joining us now to help us break down Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. You hear him on the opening drive on Sirius XM played in the National Football League and also is a former Colorado Buffalo like our friend Mike Pritchard here. It's the one and only Solomon Wilcox joining us right now on the Lombardi Line. Solomon, we appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us this morning. And real quick, when you look at this game here between the Niners and the Chiefs, uh, how they played in the playoffs, how they played in the regular season. How do you see these teams matching up to where the betting market right now has the 49ers as the favorite? But I think if you pulled a lot of people, they'd be surprised that Mahomes is once again being doubted by the folks who uh, put their money up. Yeah, listen, you cannot sleep on the Grim Reaper. Remember when these two teams played um, in Super Bowl 54, 
the Kansas City Chiefs were trailing by 10. 20 to 10 was the score with about eight minutes to go. And after that, um, Patrick Mahomes just went nuclear. They scored 21 straight points, go on to win it, uh, 31 to 10. Uh, that's the kind of potency that he provides for this offense. And don't sleep on Steve Spagnolo's defense. They're a young group, but they tend to rise to the occasion every time they're tested. If the wide receivers hold on to the ball, to me, that's been the only question with this team. Their run defense, I still think, is a little suspect. I think the 49ers will be able to be productive running the football, and that's why it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. Tom, I want, to, I want to follow up on that point about a, a high-scoring game because they faced a potent running attack in the AFC Championship game in Baltimore where they were four, four-and-a-half-point underdogs. I never thought I'd see this, but Andy Reid actually was relying on his defense and running the ball every time they got possession back in the fourth quarter. They were handing the ball off, trying to shorten the game with the confidence that Lamar was not going to be able to drive down and get two scores either to beat them or send that game to overtime. From a defensive perspective, the Chiefs' defense has been the more valuable unit or more important unit this season. Doesn't that tend to lead to an under 47-and-a-half play? Well, that's it. Every game has a life of its own. Uh, In fact, they're going to be playing against a different team, right? So I don't take anything away from the Ravens game, which is very difficult simply because it's not that the Chiefs stopped the Ravens from running the football. The Ravens chose not to run the football. (laughs) (laughs) So that, which really boggles the mind because they had the numbers in the box. For whatever reason, the Ravens tried to do something they didn't even need to do. In fact, they didn't attack the weaknesses of the Chiefs defense at all. They played right in their hands by trying to prove that, that they were a drop-back passing team. You're not going to get that from Kyle Shanahan. Uh, they are going to run the football. Of course, they're going to uh, use their passing game. But anybody will tell you that the 49ers offense, they run first offense that wants to throw off their run game. All of the pass action, the play action, and everything they do in the passing game, it comes off a run look. So, I don't anticipate them making the mistakes that we saw from the Baltimore Ravens. You know, Sally, I'm going to take you back to Super Bowl 23 because I, I think your experience in that Super Bowl is going to help us as betters uh, understand uh, the game. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, the Bengals and the 49ers, you, you look at, and everybody knows that infamous drive by Montana uh, to win the game there, but it, it's like, I, you know, we're going to hear about experience. I've already talked about experience. So we're going to hear about, you know, the buildup and everything towards the Super Bowl. But when you're executing the game and you get in these moments as a team, do you call like were you guys, you know, kind of saying, look, we got the lead it was scoreboard watching. Did you get conservative or was it one of those senses that that, you know, Montana and, and the 49ers were just executing at a different level uh, and they got the job done that way? No, well, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, we are both two teams that knew each other well. If you remember halftime of that game, the score was 3-3. Right. <laughs> the, the great 49er juggernaut offense, Joe Montana, um, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, Brent Jones, and John Taylor held to 3-3 three to three at halftime. That's, and they were a great team. But remember, our offense coordinator – Sam Weiss had been in San Francisco. He was there when they drafted Joe Montana in the third round from Notre Dame mm-hmm. and had helped to groom him. 
And uh, and obviously they were fully up and running by the time we ran into them in, in Super Bowl 23. And, and Dick LeBeau told us that, guys, look, when they need a play, they're going to have a critical drive. Here's the play they're going to run. We're going to be uh, – Jerry Rice is going to be on the backside mm-hmm. of a two-by-one, and they're going to hit him, and they want to hit him on the slant. And we had this coverage that was called number one dog the dig. And it was either going to be myself or Ray Horton, who's a veteran player. I was just the second year in the league. I was the starting safety. Just so happens when they called it, I remember coming out and I asked, what was the call? And they said, it's number one dog to dig. Second and 29. Guess what they ran? Exactly what we thought they would. Ray Horton, instead of intercepting it or knocking Jerry Rice into Never Neverland, he runs into our own defender. And if you ever remember that play, Ricky Dixon makes the tackle right inside the five-yard line two plays later. John Taylor's catching the slant for a touchdown for the game-winning drive, 40 seconds left to play. The games come down to players making plays. Our coaches were right. They did what we thought they would do. We ran what we should have been running in that play. It's about executing. And if you don't execute, you can't expect to win a Super Bowl trophy. Joe Montana played in four Super Bowls, never was intercepted in any one of those games. I remember him throwing one right to Lewis Billups. Lewis Billups drops it. And every time I see Joe, I said, you never threw an interception in a Super Bowl. And uh, maybe in one game you did, we just didn't catch it. And that's what games are going to come down to. Who makes the plays and who doesn't? They weren't superhuman. They did hang 50 the very next year on the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. They hung 50 on the Chargers in 94 in that Super Bowl. We held them to 20 points. Most of those games you expect to win it. So that's what I'm going to live by because those are the facts, my friend. Mm. <laughs> Solomon <laughs> no, Wilcox that was here. Great insight, man. Uh, honestly, that's fantastic. Yeah. Host of the opening drive here on Sirius XM. That's really, it's like you, you, the, the margins are so razor thin mm. in these games when the two teams are as good as they are there and getting the kind of that walk down memory lane there with Solomon there, even though it might have been a tough walk down memory lane. But let, let's talk about, you mentioned how the Niners should have a lot of success running the football against this Kansas City defense. What about the other side where the Niners' run defense has been vulnerable throughout this postseason? We saw the Packers able to find success on the ground. We saw the Lions do it last Sunday. Do you see this being a big Isaiah Pacheco game? Because he, he's kind of sort of been this a little bit of the identity of this Chiefs offense, which is normally through the passing game. They've kind of been a little bit more physical up front. Look, Joe Tooney, he's out, right? I think he's going to be out again. He literally is one of the best offensive guards in the NFL. He's, I think he was missed last week. That's why you saw their game go a little bit conservative. They did rely on the defense. And it was really about when you play at M&T Bank Stadium against that Ravens defense, I, I thought Andy and Pat Mahomes had a great game. They knew they didn't have to turn it over. They felt like they had enough to win the game. The defense kept making plays, so the offense didn't have to push it. I do believe they want to rely on the run game. This is something that Eric Bieniemy, during his five years as the offense coordinator there, I think really helped Andy to understand that. Remember when they played the Philadelphia Eagles who came in with what, close to 70 sacks, that you've got to run the ball to protect your quarterback against the best defenses with the best pass rushes. Your best friend is a running game. Nothing slows down a pass rush much like a run game, particularly on play action, where every defender, before they carry out their assignment, you know what they have to do first? They got to decide, is it a run or is it a pass? They don't get to do anything else until they can make that determination. And so sometimes you got to understand 
that running the ball is the best way to help your quarterback, best way to help your offensive line and protection. It's actually the best way to help your wide receivers to get separation at the second level. And, of course, those are some of the things that are going to be tested. I do believe with the 49ers run defense, one of the liabilities, and I think it's been shocking, because Chase Young has been a liability on this defense, guys, when it comes to run defense. If he doesn't improve in that area, he may find himself standing on the sideline at some, at some of the most critical times in this game. At 30 seconds left, Solomon, will we see the fourth repeat Super Bowl champion in history next Sunday? I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. I just can't do it. I, I, and, uh, no, I think he – I think he gets his third Super Bowl uh, in five seasons, and that is going to be incredible. He's that special, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's, he certainly is. I mean, the guy's made it to the AFC Championship in all six of his years to start. That's pretty damn good, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. He is Solomon Wilcox. Check him out on the opening drive over on Sirius XM. Solomon, we appreciate the time as always, man. Be well. See you in Vegas. All right, Sally. <laughs> awesome, man. Can't wait. All right, we'll be back with a different game or more of the same coming up next year on the Lombardi Line. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? Well, the DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VEASAN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code VEASAN. The crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings family. Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here. Thank you to Solomon Wilcox, host of the opening drive on Sirius XM for joining us in the last segment. Solomon, a former uh, Colorado Buffalo like our buddy Pritch here. Obviously, Solomon played in the league as well, played in Super Bowl 23 as he was sharing that cool story yeah. of the final drive there, Joe Montana 
ultimately hitting John Taylor over the middle there for the go ahead and game winning touchdown in that Super Bowl. But uh, it's that's what Super Bowl week's all about. We're getting the get the stories and you get the former players, and I'm sure it's going to be ramped up even more next week on Super Bowl Radio Row here with the Lombardi Line taking the stage on Super Bowl Radio here for Veasan. But uh, it was a really good spot there from Solomon. Good insight, and he also. He's not betting against Mahomes. No, no. Well, I, I mean, see, I see where he's coming from. Yeah, the reason why I asked the question was because you're, you're going to hear so much. You're going to get inundated with all these stats and information. And some people are going to go that route with their bets. You know, you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to break all the numbers down and you're going to make a bet off of it, right? But uh, what Solomon and that experience, when, when you can talk to you guys, had kind of in the moment in terms of what this game could be like, right? This game could come down to the final drive. Uh, I think some 49ers have presented that so far in the playoffs and the way that Kansas City's playing, uh, it, it kind of feels like it's going to come down to those final moments or key moments in the game. And uh, I thought that insight by Solly was just incredible. Uh, and he's spot on. Uh, it's about the players making plays more so than, OK, which scheme is going to work or which play call is going to work or, you know, coaches on the sideline. What are they going to do uh, to help me win a game? But when it boils down to the players on the playing field uh, making all the plays. I think that's a really good way to sum it up because, like you said, we do get kind of bogged down and caught up in that stuff. And one of the examples of that is maybe the fourth down decision for Dan Campbell in the third quarter. Go for it. If if his players made a play, maybe we're talking about it's the Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They were they might have had something dialed up that was the correct call. But some, if you don't execute right, it's all for naught. Or the DB letting the ball hit his face mask. <laughs> yeah. Can I mean, catch the ball, or right? And then it turns into a catch. And then it, it turns into a catch. I know, a exactly. huge play. Right. It's crazy. That led to a touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. Gibbs fumbling the, the rock. Gibbs fumble turned the whole game. It did. Yeah. It did. I don't criticize Campbell as much. Look, he went for it. They didn't really come close to executing either of those. I mean, they were like, go off throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Tough catch for Reynolds. But that's the way he was all year. And he was going to do that. You knew that. But the fumble turned everything. Mm. I thought it got the crowd back into the mm-hmm. game, the two quick scores. And then all of a sudden, the Lions, instead of playing on your front foot, you're playing on your back foot. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, if you possess the ball on that drive, you, you take what, five, six, hopefully seven minutes it off the clock. It felt like they could take seven minutes off yeah, the clock sure. every time they sure. had the stop them right from running yeah. the football. And then all of a sudden now the 49ers sideline yeah. is panicking, right? So uh, the turnover, the quick uh, turnover, the quick scores, that, that just gave all the momentum to the whole team. Well, let me, let me make the counter argument mm-hmm. because I thought he made a great point about. They didn't stop the Ravens from running the ball. The Ravens stopped themselves. So we talk about players making plays. But in this case, I thought Todd Munkin in the AFC Championship game did the Ravens a terrible disservice with the play calling. It was second and four and second and three, and he decided he was going to throw the ball down the field 20 yards on second and third down. I don't think you want to put Lamar in a lot of third down passing situations. Mm -hmm. Your offense hums when it's first down, second down, first down. So a coach can have an effect on the game. Yeah. Right. It, it, ultimately, the players have to make plays. Ultimately, Lamar threw an interception. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. U- ultimately, they still could have executed. Mm-hmm. But I thought he put from a percentage standpoint, put them in a worse spot. Yeah, I think Michael Lombardi's been spot on, too, with a lot of um, analysis in terms of Kyle Shanahan and how he calls the game. Right. Um you know, Brock Purdy for whatever he is as a quarterback, which is remarkable. It really is. I'm not talking about the story about how he's executing in key moments now. Um, but if you're going into this game, how aggressive do you want to be and how aggressive can you be? You know, if you're Kyle, do you feel a little bit more confident that now your quarterback has been tested and you're going to give him more? 
or are you going to call a game in which you know the players around him are going to support him in a fashion to where he's not going to feel that pressure, right? Uh, so it gets very, very interesting uh, for this buildup for this game uh, because I, I really want to know and hone in on how Kyle's going to call this game. Yeah. I think he's going to go to the run game, which is, I think, what is the interesting part about it because we're going to have our different game, more of the same discussion. I want to start with the Chiefs defense because mm-hmm. we talked about how Todd Munkin kind of let them off the hook, not forcing them to stop that running attack there of the Baltimore Ravens. Last week on Sunday, the Chiefs defense gave up 255 yards passing, 81 yards rushing. Baltimore was acting like they were down 17 the whole game when they were down like 10, at times down seven right. points. It's like, why are we freaking out and panicking? But they did that nonetheless. They allowed 5.9 yards per play, 10 points allowed. They had four sacks, three forced turnovers, the biggest one being the luxurious need forced fumble of Zay Flowers at the goal line. And then, of course, they, uh, they were 0 for 1 from red zone TDs allowed. So uh, the Chiefs defense, a stellar job. Do you see this being different game for the Chiefs against the Niners or more of the same of where they kind of put up those dominant numbers? I think um, from, a, from a defensive standpoint, they will be more challenged by the 49ers because of the multiple weapons and the creative running game, which we didn't we didn't see in Baltimore uh, on Sunday. From a defensive standpoint, it's interesting because I actually think the Lions have a better offense than the Chiefs. I think yep. the Lions are more versatile. They have that one-two punch running the ball, which we saw. Yep. Uh, Goff's play action game is really good. Kansas City has, a, has not really gotten the play action game going just because of the lack of talent. Uh, that they have there. So it's clunky offensive, right? I think it's more the same and from the defensive side of the ball or better, but I think from the offensive side of the ball, they'll be harder pressed to move the ball again against this chiefs team. I think can run the ball about Purdy. I would ask you this. They had a 10 point lead on the chiefs. The last time they played the super bowl, like he said, I say 10 minutes, eight minutes left to go in the game with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarter. Right. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo in this game or Brock Purdy? <laughs> Um, I would rather have Brock Purdy too. because yeah. <laughs> I know Kyle trusts him more. Kyle, Kyle hated Jimmy G he did. <laughs> because he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. He overthrew him. That's a game winner. That's, that's it. Or, or, you know, throw the first down to Kittle. It's over, right? But he, he didn't read it. And, and so that, that's what I'm talking about as a play caller. I'm expecting yeah. you as a quarterback to understand why I call this play. Uh, and that's where Kyle needs to get with Brock in the passing game. You know, I can I can run the football. We can go play action. But if I'm calling play action play, I'm directing you where to throw the ball. You don't have to read anything. But if we get into a situation where I want to call some drop back, you're going to have to read it and you're going to have to understand where to go with the rock. Right. And uh, so that's a trust thing. And it feels like Kyle's starting to trust Brock. Uh, because of the last two games, one against Green Bay, certainly uh, in the second half, and then what they did and how they adjusted uh, in the second half against Detroit as well. Yeah, and you can even see when Purdy, in the games where he struggles, he's always going to try to find a way to make plays at the end. And I know it's kind of cliche to say that somebody has like the, the clutch gene and all that stuff, but in the drive with the Green Bay Packers, the second half against the Detroit Lions, it's hard to not look at Purdy and say, hey, Regardless how it goes in the first half, that guy's going to figure it out at mm-hmm. some point in this game. And obviously with the help of Kyle Shanahan and the weapons around him, but still, he's the trigger man. He's the quarterback. He still has to make it all work. And he's done that in the biggest of spots. Right, right. The biggest thing about Mahomes is, you know, he'll he'll make a throw that not a lot of people can make, and then it's a touchdown. Like the throw to Kelsey. How many quarterbacks would make that throw, right? It's back shoulder, just perfection. Sure, behind him, the DB can see it and all this. Have my player adjust to it. Um, and so he doesn't need the abundance of talent around him. 
because what he'll do is he'll he'll elevate those guys, and that's that's how they're in the Super Bowl. Whereas Purdy, he needs that talent around him, right? Because he's not going to do those things. Not yet. Maybe he will. Who knows? But as a play caller, too, if you're Shanahan, you you got to understand that, you know, when you're calling certain things, he's got a grasp of all of that stuff. And you got two weeks to get ready for Kansas City. I mean, uh, this gets very interesting in terms of if Kyle trusts Brock a lot more and how much more offense he wants to give him. And we've seen this Chiefs offense struggle right in the second half of game. So if, if the Chiefs have the lead at halftime, does he trust Purdy to continue to throw the football and, and go yeah. all that? And, and does he trust him to close it out? Because he didn't trust Jimmy to close it out. They kind of <laughs> sat on the ball hoping that the time would run out in that Super Bowl 54 when they had the 10-point lead. Mahomes, of course, has the third and a mile throw to Tyreek Hill, and the, the rest is history in right. that game. But that's, that's why Purdy's the quarterback is that game right there. Ever since then, Shanahan was kind of looking to upgrade the position <laughs> and figure out something to, hey, how do I beat Mahomes whenever I see him again? Well, Here's the full circle moment. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mahomes, you got back to the Super Bowl and it's Mahomes once again on the other side. And is Purdy good enough? Is this offense good enough to ultimately do it? That's the answer that we're going to have. The, the question that we're going to have answered, I should say, uh, next Sunday. Yeah, I mean, this defense, though, is not Detroit and Green Bay. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is uh, this will be the toughest defense in conjunction of everything else that he faced with Cleveland uh, earlier in the year with Baltimore at home. I mean, that, that's the level that you're talking about, more so than Detroit's defense and Green Bay's defense. Yeah, it was uh, two uh, suspect defenses, we'll say, <laughs> right. that they faced in the NFC playoffs a little bit different this upcoming Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, we've talked a lot about these quarterbacks. Are they the front runners, and are they the only guys who can win MVP? We'll answer that question to begin hour number two here of Lombardi. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 